the peace of God, worrying, a treasure, a beacon, the truth, unconditional love, it's all right here in the Truth in Words and Music podcast, episode 137. Hey there, Tony here, and uh, as you heard at the beginning of this introduction, uh, yeah, this past week I shared a bunch of thoughts and ideas and truth about the peace of God and how worrying doesn't help, and I talked about a special audio Bible called The Treasure, talked about obeying the truth and how unconditional love is really just a concept, and uh, also talked about some cool technology that I think uh, most churches should adopt. It's called the, the Beacon Lighthouse. And uh, this podcast brings it all together for those of you who'd rather listen than read. And I'm real glad you're here. Um, so I'm going to get right into it. What do you think? Should we get started? All right. I'm glad you agree. I'm going to challenge you right off the bat here to uh, try and understand the peace of God. What do you think? You think you can understand it? Uh, For as long as I can remember, I mean, as long as I've been alive. In fact, men and women have talked about peace on earth as long as I can remember. All my life, and and my parents' life too, I'm sure. But uh, for as long as I've been alive, that ideal has remained only an ideal. It has never become a reality. Have you noticed that? Peace talks seem to take place every year somewhere, and usually the focus is on the Middle East, I'm sure you know that, but they don't hold a monopoly on those talks, peace talks. Year after year after year, the real peace never comes. So that brings up a question in my mind. If we humans can't seem to wrap our minds around our own peace and make it last, how can we possibly expect to understand the peace of God? Well, I can say with total confidence, we can't understand it. No one on earth can, but you know what? You can still have the peace of God, even if we can't fully understand it. God wants you to have peace. He knows the world is full of war and full of evil and full of people who want to rob you of your peace. He knows that. But the God of the Bible is a God of peace. He really and truly is. He can give you peace of mind even in the middle of a world with no peace. He's ready, willing, and able to do it for every single person alive. All you got to do is ask. I know I say that over and over on my podcast here and write about it on my website, but it's true. God won't force you to accept his peace or his love. He He wants to know you want it. I mean, simple as that. He wants to know that you want his peace and his love. Now, there's a place in the Bible where it talks about the peace of God, and it says, His peace, quote, surpasses all understanding, unquote. Can you even imagine how peaceful that must be? I can't. I mean, oh, sure, I can conjure up images in my head of walking through flowing fields of green grass or, you know, under a warm sun with a cool breeze across my face. That sounds peaceful. That that just seems peaceful. I can think of that 
anytime I want, but God's peace surpasses that. Maybe you can see yourself lying under a bright blue sky listening to the bird songs as you realize no one's going to be able to rob you of your peace. But God's peace surpasses that. And like the verse said, it, it surpasses all understanding. And you know what all means. It means every bit. Well, I hope you discover the peace of God today, right now if necessary. Even if you can't completely understand it, you can rest assured that it's a feeling that will last forever. Because it's more than a feeling. If you've already experienced the peace of God, who else have you told? Have you told anyone? Don't hoard it. Share it. The world needs to know. Speaking of sharing, uh, there's a real cool device. It's called the treasure. How many movies have you watched where an archaeologist or a scientist or a group of adventurers went on a quest to find a secret treasure? A lot, right? I mean, you have the, the treasure of the deep, the national treasure, treasure island, the lost treasure of the Mayans, the treasure of the Sierra Madre, lots more, I'm sure. And they all have something in common. The treasure found in each movie never lasts. But the treasure found in God's Word can take you into and through all eternity. Now that's a true treasure. Well, I got a very cool way you can share God's Word with people who've never heard it. And believe it or not, there are, by estimates, most estimates, billions of people who still have never heard God's Word. And the Bible talks about faith comes by hearing. I mean, did you know there's still so many people who have never heard or read the Word of God? Did you know that? I didn't know there was that many. I knew, I knew not everybody had, but uh, it's a giant percentage, billions. And when I say billions, maybe a couple of billion. But that's a lot of people. They've never heard the name of Jesus. And like I said, Paul wrote that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. The treasure is it's a, it's a great way to reach all the world with God's Word. And let me kind of talk about it. It's a solar-powered device about the size of a small uh, smartphone. I started to say iPhone because that's what I use, but I realize not everybody has that. But um, this device called the Treasure, it's been field-tested in rainforest, high mountain desert, uh, excuse me, high mountain terrain in the desert and along the coast. And uh, I want to share some key features. Each treasure is loaded with over 400 hours of audio material. So in addition to hearing the, the verses read, there's some other things that uh, people can listen to who get to listen to this. And currently there are over 200 New Testament versions, and um, the partners uh, with the World Mission who put this together record New Testament languages every month. And the treasure makes pastors more effective in their mission to, uh, to uh, the unreached people. And the treasure brings the gospel to life for millions in the world who prefer a non-literate form of learning. I know a lot of uh, people that I know, some of you probably, love listening to books. And uh, you can... The cool thing about listening to books is it's essentially like reading. You're still getting the information in you, but you can do something else while you're doing it put some earbuds on and jump on a mini trampoline and listen to that or 
Um, you can be driving down the road to, you know, an errand or appointments and listen to a book. I mean, how cool is that? Well, this is like that. The treasure is. And each treasure is used, they estimate, more than 2,000 hours over the duration of its lifetime. So it's solar, you know. It backs up its batteries by just letting the sun shine on it or another form of light. So this durable audio Bible can help anywhere from, they say, 100 to as many as 2,000 people hear about Jesus. And I want to let you know that you can help make sure more and more people have a chance to hear God's Word. If you go to my website, TonyFunderburk.com, you'll see on the side um, a little icon of the treasure. You'll see uh, sort of a picture of the front and back there. And you just tap on that, and it'll take you to the page where you can donate uh, a monthly donation, and your donation will make sure that more of these treasures go out to people who have never heard the Word of God. They've never heard it. Uh, there's a video you can watch, and you'll hear a guy talking about um, the first time that uh, this one guy in a tribe or a village somewhere heard it. He looked up and he said, Your God speaks my language. And that's pretty cool. But before you get involved, pray on it, okay? If it makes sense for you and your budget, um, your generous donation will make a big difference, and it can be a difference for eternity. And um, I'll let you know up front, it does help two mis- uh, ministries, sorry, uh, World Mission, and you can see links for those things on my website, and my ministry, this uh, Words of Music ministry that you're listening to now. Uh, part, this is part of it. So you're helping two ministries to uh, fund and bring uh, the Word of God to people who need to hear it. So let me move on now. You know, since Mother Earth and mankind is basically awesome, what are you worried about? I mean, right? Mother Earth and mankind, we're all basically pretty pretty darn awesome, aren't we? So what what in the world would there be to worry about? Well, just, I mean, you know, look, look all around you. What do you see? And I don't mean just within three feet of your personal space. I mean all around you, the whole world. It's filled with random acts of kindness, peace, and love. I don't remember a day in my adult life when I haven't seen people saying please and thank you and no after you. Uh, the smiles and laughter and checkout lines, it's a wonder to behold. You see that in driver's license offices and, and especially in traffic where everybody's so, you know, wonderful to be around. My faith in humans is reaffirmed daily when I read the news or listen to talk radio. I'm contented just writing about it and talking about it. If you're not feeling the same feelings, I have an important question for you. What are you worried about? If your worries include simple, everyday things like where your next meal is coming from or how you'll get some new clothes or whether you can keep a roof over your head, maybe the fear you're experiencing is clouding your judgment of the world. Maybe. Or maybe you can see the world as it truly is, not like that fairy tale I just described. And maybe your worry seeps into your whole life. Well, here's the thing. It's understandable to have concern over the troubles in this world. I mean, think about it. Tyrants want to rule the world. Selfish people, they just ruin and destroy the lives of others for profit. You have murderers, thieves, liars. The list goes on and on. But there's a place in the Bible, and I like to always go back to the Bible. There's a place there where a man 
the most important man who ever lived on our planet, said this, And do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. Hmm. For all these things the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knows that you need these things. But seek the kingdom of God, and all these things should be added to you. Hmm. So, things. And he's not talking about you know, bling bling. He's talking about what you drink and eat and what you wear. They'll be added to you if you're seeking the kingdom of God. Well, I'd like to say straight away that doesn't mean God is your Santa Claus. You don't merely seek the kingdom and wake up and find all your bills paid and your closet filled and your pa- and your pantry overflowing. There's a principle being taught. It's simple. Trust God. See what he has to say about you. And and believe and trust that. If God says about says it about you, believe it and trust it. Stop relying on your own self-evaluation. Dive into God's Word and discover the multitude of reasons you can be confident and strong in this world. The more you're in His Word, the more His Word is in you. And the more His Word is in you, the less you'll worry about what to eat or what you'll wear or where you'll live. Those things won't be less important but you'll discover the worrying about them won't add even a nanosecond to your life. In fact, the stress of the worry might even shave years off your life. Now, if any part of this that I've just talked about, if that describes you, any part of it, I'd like you to write to me, tony at tonyfundeberg.com, and I'd like you to answer that first question I posed. What are you worried about? Maybe together we could talk you through it and help you lean on God and not your own, your own understanding. Maybe we could do that. Leaning on God gives you something solid. Leaning on yourself, not so much. And speaking of self, does, does selfishness rob you of the ability to obey the truth? Oh no, there he goes. He's talking about the truth again, right? Well, would you recognize truth if it appeared right in front of your eyes? Or do you think truth is relative? Every person develops his or her own truth. Hmm. Well, maybe you're one of those who believe truth is unknowable or doesn't even exist. In that case, I have a question for you. Is that true? (laughs) If you can't trust that truth exists, you might even begin to doubt whether or not you even exist. You know what? That's a slippery slope. It leads to the lowest possible place. Please, please, please don't go there. If you've read my articles on my website and listened to my podcast, you know I'm a Christian. And you know I believe Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So you can probably guess I believe it's a good idea to obey the truth. But it goes much deeper. I don't obey the truth I find in Jesus out of fear, just being afraid of anything else. Not at all. My willingness to obey the truth I find in Him is born out of love. First, His unfathomable love for me, and then my feeble love for Him in comparison. Love is the driving force. Without love, none of it matters. None of it makes sense. Our lives wouldn't have meaning. In fact, we wouldn't even be here without love. 
And here's where the obey part comes in. This example is for kids. It's a good idea to obey your mom when she says to keep your hands off the stove or your dad when he says not to throw gas on the fire. Why? Just because you're scared of them? No, it's because they want you to learn what's best for you. They know how to keep you safe and they love you enough to protect you. Okay, that's simple enough, kids, right? Okay, this example is for adults. Now, as I was writing about this on, uh, on my blog, it was Super Bowl Sunday. And it was a pretty big one for those of us here in Colorado. Not only was it the 50th Super Bowl, the golden anniversary of the Super Bowl, but our Colorado Denver Broncos, they played in the game. And by now, I'm sure you know, they won the Super Bowl. Meaning, as they say, they're the champs of the world. Well, have you ever noticed how football games have rules? Hmm. Is that because somebody just wants to tell everybody else what to do? No, it's because those rules keep players safer. And they make the game understandable to everyone involved. Without rules, who would know what was right or wrong? And how could anyone win? Well, there was also a well-known commercial a while back for a soft drink they used the slogan, Obey Your Thirst. You remember that commercial? Obey Your Thirst. Meaning, you know, drink plenty of our drink. Well, I won't even mention what the brand name was. If you remember the commercial, you probably remember what it was. But not only was that slogan for a completely unhealthy drink, the uh, Obeying the Thirst, that I mean, that's just temporary at best. My suggestion is to dig into the Bible. Look closely at the writings of Paul, and when you read with an open mind, you might be surprised to discover how much love fills you up. And I believe you'll find yourself wanting to obey the truth of your Creator. So it's all right to enjoy uh, you know, things like the Super Bowl and the, the funny commercials, but after that, why not spend some time checking out what I'm talking about? You know what you could do? You could start laying up your treasures in heaven. And I suggest you don't let yourself be consumed by worldliness. And that's my segue into this song that I wrote some years ago called Worldliness.
that was worldliness. If you go to my website, TonyFunderberg.com, and uh, look for one of the recent posts there, one of the recent articles, you can actually find the lyrics to the song in case you didn't understand them all or you just wanted the lyrics. You just, you're a lyrical person. They're on there. And uh, I know some people love to do that. They love to go find the words and kind of look at them and see if it means something else as they read it or, you know, did is that what he said? Uh, you know, that line, I didn't get it. I'm like that. I love to see the lyrics and read them as much as listen to them. And, um, well, that sort of takes me into my next topic. Is there such a thing as unconditional love? Let me answer that for you. Nope. There is no such thing as unconditional love. I admit there are types of love that come close, like a mother's love for her child and sometimes a child's love for his mother. And, of course, God's love for us all. You might be thinking or even saying out loud, Aha, Tony, that's where you missed the mark. God's love is unconditional. But I say it isn't. Okay? So you're hearing that a lot, unconditional love. People talk about unconditional You hear it over and over and over. Let's look at it a little bit more deeply, okay? The first question I'd like to ask you is this. Consider this, okay? Are all the people in hell, are they there as a result of God's love? Now, before you answer, I'm not talking about his love for those who love him. I'm talking about the people in hell. Those there now and those who will be, are they there or going there because God loves them so much? No. God is willing to love every person. He is not willing that any should perish. That's taken literally from the Bible, right out of it. He is not willing that any should perish. But he knows most will choose not to love him. And he's made a place for them to exist forever apart from him. Now, I'll tell you, it's a place of great torment because people there will understand what they missed out on. They'll be angry about it for who knows how long. They'll be upset about it for who knows how long. And the torment of it will never end. And torment does have its roots in love. Take a good look at one of the most famous verses in the Bible, John 3.16. It starts out by saying, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. And that's a famous verse. People who don't even love the Lord have heard that, and they've seen signs up at games of John 3.16. Well, it's the greatest example of sacrificial love the world has ever known. God made that love and that sacrifice available to anyone who wanted it. Now, the next part of that same verse includes a condition. It said that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Yes, that's a condition. It requires something on your part, belief. So, anytime, if you believe in him, Jesus, you will not perish but have everlasting life. When you see the word if, or anytime it's implied in the context of a sentence, you discover a condition. There are no sins you cannot be forgiven of except one, not believing that Jesus is your Savior. That's the one condition for everlasting life. 
In fact, when you read just a little bit further past John 3.16, you'll see the other side of the everlasting life equation. So John 3.16 says, believing in God's Son brings everlasting life. John 3.18 says, if you don't, you're condemned already. Now, there again, conditions. If you don't love him, you're condemned already. If you don't believe in him and love him. Well, here's the good news. While you're still breathing, you can change your mind. You can go from condemnation to justification to sanctification to glorification. Look up those words, and their definition should give you hope and encouragement. The key takeaway is your choice has to be made while you're still breathing. See? And that's kind of a condition, too. Once you die, your choice is set in place forever. And don't fool yourself into thinking you're not choosing. Not choosing is choosing. I can tell you with total confidence it's choosing wrong. Just as you don't want to be responsible providing uh, unconditional love, please don't hold God to that silly notion either. Be willing to love Him as much as you can. Be willing to love your fellow human being as much as you can. But please don't be a doormat for others to wipe their feet on as you love them no matter what. Ask God for the wisdom and discernment to know when to love and when to hate. Yes, hate. Let your love and your hate be modeled after God. You can't go wrong when you do. So what, will you look into it today? If you disagree with me, at least don't let it be in total anger. Instead, how about you show me some unconditional love, okay? Sorry, I had to throw that jab in there, but it's a condition. The Love is a condition. If you think about it for a while, I think you'll see that. I'd like to talk about another uh, real cool device. It's called the Lighthouse Beacon. And, uh, I mean, all right, let me just get right into it. Wouldn't it be great if your church could welcome guests and broadcast the bulletin and send reminders and engage volunteers by using something in the palm of your hand? Well, you don't have to imagine. It's not only possible, it's here. And what I'm sharing with you right now is some awesome technology. I believe almost every church should start using it. Maybe not every church, but I believe most churches uh, could benefit a lot from this. And I call it a congregation connector. But its real name is The Lighthouse from Beacon Mobile. And it can change the way your church connects with each other and the world. And I've got a video on uh, TonyFunderberg.com. Uh, forward slash the dash lighthouse. You can go there and, and see the video about it. And I think you'll I think you'll agree with me. That's only about a a four minute video, something like that, four, four and a half. Now the lighthouse helps you broadcast special messages 24 hours a day. It's a Bluetooth device. Uh, the hardware part of it, it's a Bluetooth device. And um, you can send out uh, the weekly bulletin to church members as they enter the sanctuary. Uh, I mean, think of how much money that might save you on printing costs, depending on how many people you have and, and um, you know, how many people have the app that goes with this hardware. And how about special announcements to parents when they approach the children's area? They can even get personalized text messaging. And uh, this, this uh, technology has the ability to send out audio and video messages 
or documents. And uh, that's why I said it's, it's a, a real congregation connector. Uh, I encourage you to go to TonyFunderburg.com forward slash The Lighthouse, watch the video, and then you'll see a, a link that I have to uh, help your, get, your church get plugged into it. So if you're a decision maker for your church, look into it. And if you're not, uh, tell somebody at your church, uh, a decision maker, and they can use the uh, handy-dandy link on my website. It's right there on the side of the page uh, in the same area that the uh, treasure is, the audio Bible I talked about before. Both of those links are right there, and they go right to where you can uh, get things going for your church. And um, I'll be glad to help you set things up, of course, once uh, once somebody wants to connect with this. I have uh, lots more information and uh, things that I could share and demos that I could share with you. And uh, the reason I'm doing it is I want Christians to lead the way with uh, this sort of technology, the beacon technology. So what do you say? Are you with me? Tell somebody about the beacon today. It's, um, it's a great, great tool, and uh, I think your church will benefit from it uh, in many ways that they're still working on. It. It's fairly new. It just came out in January. So there's going to be some more. It's great for businesses, too. They have um, the Beacon uh, app and then the Lighthouse. So it's all kind of getting connected, but it's great for schools and retailers, and uh, it's really set up to uh, for realtors, realtors to who want to list mobile listings and show them off. Say you're driving up to a, a house and you're interested in what's going on inside. You see on the yard there's this sign where you could download the app, and suddenly, before you know it, you're looking at a, a video tour of the inside. How cool is that? Well, that's enough. I don't want to make the whole thing sound like a sales pitch for the Beacon, but I think it's pretty cool, and I think churches should get involved. So that does it for me for the Truth and Words and Music podcast this week. I'd like to say, as I always say, your support means the world to me. Uh, you can go to multiple sites and... Link up with me on places like LinkedIn and Google Plus and Twitter and YouTube and Facebook. Find my books on Amazon.com, my books for kids. They're fun little short picture books. They're also on Smashwords. And of course, if you are listening to this podcast and you haven't subscribed, I encourage you to do that. That way you don't have to go looking for it. It'll just come right to you. And there are handy links on my website to Find all these things, and there are plenty of social media links that I hope you'll share with anyone you think would enjoy this. Once again, I am so glad you're here. Your support means the world to me. I truly mean that. Thank you for being there, and until next time, may God bless you and keep you. 